for glory. <laughs> Welcome, listeners. <laughs> Season six, episode two. Two. The Daddy Cast. This is Daddy Cast. This is I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is I, Nick Mahalik, coming to you uh, with my good buddies and an extraordinarily special guest, the picture of fatherdom. I'm going to start with him introducing uh, one Eric Weingarten. Say hello. Oh, hello, everybody. Oh, hello. Hi. Nick Gregorio. Say hi. hi. Hello. I'm, I'm back from staying in a hotel because of COVID. It's, uh, it's been a hell of a couple weeks. You had a whirlwind, sir. I'm so glad that this is happening. I am, I am just uh, drunk on emotion that this was able to even happen. Yeah, and of, it was going to be. It was the, touch and go for a minute there. For a minute, oh my god! Uh, and of course, Daniel DeFranco pulling up the rear here. Say hello. Hey, my stash is uh, finally coming in. It's <laughs> taken uh, half a lifetime, but look at this fucker. Oh my God! He's just discovered. Is that a Snapchat filter? Uh, or is no, that it's like a Zoom a on beta Zoom. studio thing. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm oh not a cat. God. It is horrific. Um, so why uh, did I start the cast this way? Well, dear listener, we have a hell of a of a Nick Mahalik show today. I I picked these and I'm fucking psyched out of my mind about them uh <laughs> we are of course going to short story collections which i'm also psyched about this is fun um and different and i would strongly encourage everybody i don't know if i gave this disclaimer in episode one probably not but like get yourself a collection of short stories preferably like an anthology of some kind a big one and keep or it mine. next to your bed you know what or I mean? the toilet or, <laughs> or, or right because if you sit and you're like in and out and reading anything, what have you, it's always good to break it up with some short stories. And these anthologies and collections are fantastic. And this one today, oh my good God, do I love it! And I don't care if you guys hate it, I love it. It's called Everything Ravaged, Everything Burned by Wells Tower. It is uh, really his only fiction publication. Um, and it is glorious. It's 2009 uh, offering from Picador. Um, we are also going to be looking at Fever Ray's self-titled album from 2009 of same year. Uh, that one is... Um, I see what oh, you're saying. I just there. got real tired all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, I'm I sorry. Just, I, I, yeah, I see. Uh, it's I see, the weight of the mustache. Uh, for a few reasons, few reasons it connects. He p- puts a filtered mustache on and he becomes a... Uh, you know, a douchebag. Well, you know and what? Then, it's uh, kind of like he's just the same, just with a filter <laughs> mustache. <laughs> and uh, to, to go with this Nordic theme, um, as uh, it'll make more sense as we go along, um, we have Einstock's Icelandic Arctic Berry Ale, uh, which is, I'm, I'm not going to hold back, a delight. I'm very excited <laughs> to, uh, to drink it. Um, so, gents, there are a lot of things going on in the title, I always want to say title track, the title story in this collection, um, and I, I, I would like to dive right in, but before I do, 
I am going to introduce you, Cats. Daniel was so kind to remember this uh, last cast. I almost forgot it. And uh, it is something that I have, I take a great joy in doing. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce you guys, if I were to introduce you, as famous Vikings. Um, these are the famous Vikings I would introduce you as. Um, so here we go. Here we go. Daniel, you'd be Eric the Red. All right. Because he is bloodthirsty and just he is the picture of, of, of what a Viking is. And when I think of a true uh, Yonker, it's you, my friend. It is, you. <laughs> is it because of the stash? It was 100% because of the stash. I changed it like when I saw you come right. up with your filter on. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just bloodthirsty. Just flat back head. Just, <laughs> just addicted just to opioids. Really, just if I was if I was anything of a stereotype, this is who I living be. in my grandparents' house with my parents a and my kids. Absolutely, yeah. and the basement isn't even finished, dude. We've just got a suspended ceiling from 1982 the first one in production here we go next one goes to eric you my friend would be utrid son of utrid utrid of bebenba i'm for a number of reasons yeah i have no response whatsoever for a number of reasons <laughs> so have you seen last kingdom i have not when you when you named uh daniel eric the red for me, I'd have been out. He's the only Viking I could I could have named. So I was just assuming you were going to name all of us Eric the Red. If you don't know the one that I named Gregorio, I'm going to be shocked. Um, but we'll see. So uh, Uhtred, oh, you got to watch Last Kingdom, dude. Last Kingdom is really fantastic show to give a, a, a Nordic plug. Um, absolutely fantastic. He has... Um, some some father issues. Oh shit! Uh, he, also, he also has um, just like a really hilarious and sort of easygoing approach to really brutal and bloody things. And I can't help but but think of like all the times I've walked into your classroom when things have been just falling apart, <laughs> and it, uh, it has restored um, my faith for for moments or a day. In, uh, in in sticking around. I'm so, flattered. It, uh, it seems apropos to the story, too. Yes, absolutely. Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Um, and, of course, Nick Gregorio, uh, because as far as I could tell in our MFA program and, and of the writers I knew, you were you were a, a, a trendsetter, the, the, the first to have his novel published. You would be Leif Erikson, my friend. The, I do uh, know that one. The first... <laughs> To set foot in North America from hey. uh, from Europe, and uh, I believe he was about uh, half a millennia before uh, you know uh, C squared. So good on He's you. um that's his statue on uh, Boathouse Row, right? No, that's Carlson Carlsfini. It's not there anymore. It got knocked into the river. They what? Uh, Did it get knocked uh, recently when that fucking flood? No, came no, through? a couple of years ago. I think somebody ran it, ran into it with like their truck or something. It was uh, it was oh, it was a rallying dude. point for um, alt writers That's for white happened. supremacists for some reason. Oh, great! Yeah. Oh, snap. <laughs> a lot when of was... those 
When Nordic, I was on the crew uh, team in high school, yeah. we had to run from the Strawberry Mansion Bridge, where my boathouse was, all the way to that statue. And seeing that statue was horrible because you realize you're only halfway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's also not that far. It's not. I was going to say it's like a mile and a half. <laughs> well, then we did 40 on the water. Actually, no, it is not. From from Strawberry Mansion? It's it's uh, 2.5. All right. Is it? I'd buy that. Yeah. I'd buy that. Uh, that's longer than yeah. I thought. That's All what right. she said. Um, Nick, Mahalik. Let's do it. You would be, if I was to introduce you as a yes. Viking, um, I would introduce you as Hagar the Horrible. Um, because yes! the only one that I, I actually knew until you started saying them off the top of my head. But I'm really happy I picked that because <laughs> I looked up Hagar the Horrible at um, HagarTheHorrible.net, and his bio is, he may look like a fierce oh warrior, but once you get past the sword and shield, Hagar is a loving husband, a devoted father and family man, and a reluctant taxpayer. So I felt like that is a, yeah, this is... <laughs> This is you. That is spot on. Yeah. That is Did you just spot make on, that baby. up? <laughs> That's amazing. No, it's from HagarTheHorrible.net. Uh, not only. I've also oh, always is, said uh, it Hagar. Incredible. Is it not pronounced Hagar? Like, I think no, it's like, no. As in like Sammy? Sammy. Say it like Sammy. <laughs> Hagar. What was I saying? Sammy Hagar? Sammy Hagar. You say Sammy Hagar? <laughs> That's oh like the Affleck brothers. The mustache <laughs> makes more and more sense. <laughs> The Afflex. Listen, the, the Afflex. Red Rocker was um, the best all right, singer. Let's, let's get into it. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Just that mustache is, is killing us. <laughs> um, okay, let's, let's just fucking do it. We, we have to talk about the collection as a whole for a brief moment, and I'll um, just say that the title story is one of those stories that I would be amazed if someone were to read it and not go, yeah, I really like that story. Um, I would, I would really be amazed. I think it transcends even its obvious uh, target audience. Mm-hmm. I think it, it really is so, 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 so impressive. The rest of the collection um, isn't that it, it, it pales in comparison. It's just that this story really sets, sets itself apart in so many ways that these other ones, it's almost like the shell collector. Are you are we familiar with that uh, short story collection? Anybody? No, no, I don't yes. think so. Right, so like the shell collector is that is that story that just like goes beyond. It's by the author who did all the light we cannot see. There's just that one that like sets apart. All these other stories are fantastic, and if everything Ravage wasn't in the collection, it would be like this is this is fucking fantastic. But because it's there, it just I don't know. It it, it eclipses all the others um similar themes uh a lot of sort of like uh masculinity but like in in that way that we see it presented in everything ravage where the stereotype is deconstructed a little bit but also sort of like the recognition of why it's a stereotype is made very very clear you know that kind of thing is happening in all of these um it's a fantastic collection and i think one of the greatest marks uh it has going for it is David Sedaris once claimed that it was um, his favorite short story collection. Like, And I think that's kind of amazing given who David Sedaris oh, is and yeah. his likes and his style of writing and all that kind of stuff. Like, um, you know, this is a, it, there's humor in here for sure, but like 
the fact that David Sedaris, you know, uh, he was giving a reading. He said somebody asked him, and he was like, "Yeah, uh, Wells Tower, everything ravaged, everything burned. It's fantastic." Which, by the name, his name, by the way, is Wells Tower. Wells Tower. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Um, And it's weird because he's like an American. He was born in Canada, but he's like an American. You know, I mean, it's not like I picture him being some like British dude with a lineage that goes back to Christ or something or like a like a like a a a skeevy villain uh from some sort of modern political thriller yeah with like skinny legs and an overcoat yeah (laughs) and like a gold chain and a like a really thin beard yeah like a like a cherry bomb (laughs) yeah Um, yeah, dude absolutely so um I I I do yeah I want to give a little bit of background on the whole thing Uh, I mean Wells himself, born in 73 in Canada, moved to America. He's been published in like pretty much all the majors that you could think of in terms of publications. Um, And yet his only other book is one that came out, I believe, this year or last year. Sorry, it's 2022. Um, And it is a nonfiction piece um, that he did with someone else. And so it's kind of amazing that this is his only thing when all he got, and perhaps that's what it was, but all he got was like, I've just the highest accolades for everything he did just about. Um, it's kind of amazing. I mean, this is out on Picador. It's, it's, it's can only it's go great. down from, from the heights of <laughs> perhaps, um, perhaps praise. that's what it is, 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 or, you know, I've, I, we've had uh, professors that have gotten published in really fantastic mags. And I know one of them uh, just, you know, was a poetry professor, got had his book come out in um, really a really great press and then became a lawyer. Just no, McSweeney's. That was uh, yeah. Geisler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, uh, really? Holy shit. Um, so in any case, perhaps it's a little bit of that other interest. I did what I did with this and I'm doing this other thing. Yeah. Um, I, I found it really fascinating that that can happen. Like one of my other favorite short story collections that I've mentioned a million times in the cast is uh, um the Alaska Stories mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. Uh, Mustakis. It's fantastic. It's Nothing only else. Thing. Only thing. Only thing. And it's even shorter than this. So, mm-hmm. in any case, um, let's get into the story itself. Everything ravaged, everything burned. I'll give a short summary. Essentially, we open with um, what appears to be just a dude uh, who is really enjoying the downtime uh, that he has in his Nordic country. Um, to just watch the sun and sit with his partner and watch the water and eat and live. And then all of a sudden, you know, of course, there's these rumblings of uh, some bad weather on the way, some curses being thrown at them from some asshole priest in, a, in another land. And, uh, you know, then you realize, oh, this dude's he's a fucking Viking and uh, I'm probably in Denmark. And then um, there's a rallying cry and and we see um, how this all might have gone down with a very modern (laughs) domestic lens. Does that sum it up? It's great. Perfect. Yes. Fantastic. So um, initial reactions uh, to the story were we immediately hooked because it's not really a turn at all. You're actually like. I'm a fool if I didn't see this before. Like, this is exactly, you know, it's, it is what it is right off the bat. So initial reactions. I loved it. I loved every damn word of it. I, I thought it was like, a, yes. you know, it, it's, it's one of those. I love to read stories with extraordinary events taking place. Um, but people are talking about normal shit. 
Yes. Um, like um, the the thing that, that struck me just now, not while I was reading it, but there's a scene in, in the second Avengers movie where Hawkeye and Black Widow are in a, driving in a car through this massive exploding town. And he just goes, I'm thinking about taking down the wall between the kitchen and the living room. <laughs> and, and she goes, who eats in a dining room anyway? <laughs> you know what I mean? um, so I, I love that. And I, 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 I try to, I, I very much saw like a, a, a similar sensibility in, in this piece as I do in my own work. Um, just to, to like to pick fun at stuff whilst telling a really good story. And the stuff that's being picked fun at doesn't really belong, but actually does yes it, it reminded me of your mr uh fantastic or mr incredible or um what was it the the graphic novel you had us read oh mr miracle yeah mr miracle sorry um yeah absolutely it reminded me of that a little bit yeah. because you have these like this brutal you know sort of like apocalyptic war going on <laughs> yeah. and he and his you know wife are the ones fighting and they're talking about exactly what you're saying in, in the moment yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it's that. grounded yeah. in every man isms i guess you could yeah. say right yes yep. yeah absolutely um i eric what do you think <clears throat> i have to confess i feel a little bit foolish i'm just now discovering i was supposed to have read something in preparation for this is that <laughs> is that correct <laughs> um I, I i loved it um i thought it was i thought it was hilarious um Maybe, maybe at times funnier than uh, than it was it was intended to be. But I, I, you know, like Gregorio said, I loved every word. Um, and it, what you, the comment you made, um, Nick, is about that the sort of calm and not kind of nonchalance in the in the face of of the madness. And there is some madness in in this story. <laughs> but it's it was reminiscent for me of I don't know if you guys are familiar with the comic Brian Regan, um, but he yes. but he's got a bit where. Um, uh, where he talks about an interview with uh, with Evil Knievel after some terrible accident, and he's asked, "Hey, when you were when you were up in the air, um, you know, what were you thinking?" And he's like, "Oh, I was looking at the ground and thinking, did I leave the iron on?" And he's like, "And then I, you know, I bounced off the floor twenty seven times, and I thought maybe I should get a puppy." Uh, if, you know, sort of. Uh, just, there's some language that, as we you know, as we talk, I, I'll point out that sort of speaks to that that issue. But I thought it was. That, like it was like intensely domestic um and very you know you know very sweet in some ways but also yes. to totally starkly contrasted by just absolute unspeakable brutality <laughs> absolutely there are some scenes i cannot wait to talk about um one i'm sure we're all thinking right now uh, I have it in all bold, in all caps, with about a thousand exclamation points next to it. Um, but I did want to point out our narrator, like his choice of narrator, I thought was fantastic because we have this dude who's, you know, not like um, the most, uh, you know, sort of like effeminate of the Vikings. He's also not Eric the Red, right? He's 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 a dude. Um, you know, and, and as Daniel pointed out, like that's the language he uses, but he takes these moments to sort of highlight these universal things that I think go beyond, uh, sex and gender or anything like that. Like for instance, the, the, the line in the beginning during that com, uh, the gods made the scene and put us there as an afterthought to enjoy it. Um, and I think that's just like so huge. Um, and, and the fact that this dude is thinking about this. I love that he uses this character to sort of flip our presumptions of what ancient people were like, P 
particularly ancient man. Um, and, and that was one of the first things that struck me. I don't know if that, that was something that, that came up for anybody else, but his, his sort of like look at masculinity, but particularly to make it very, very clear at how presumptuous we are here thinking that, you know, nothing else before us could have been as advanced as us in our thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that we're here in this state and we, we are the, the end of evolution rather than the, the line not being sort of, you know, this, this steep uphill. Yeah, I think we have um, a tendency to look back at even previous generations, forget even, you know, 2000 mm -hmm. years ago and feel that we're so superior and advanced and, uh, Nah, man, motherfucker's been thinking the same stuff for, <laughs> yeah, dude. you know. I, I'm, I'm going back to a, another movie, but in Chasing Amy, there's a scene. Oh, what? There's a scene where they're talking about, he, um, Hooper X. The 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 one character says, "Please, motherfucker, everything that could be th thought of and done sexually with a human body has been done and thought of." Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> <Yep>. sure has. <laughs> yeah, and we're all hung up, you know, and that's the funniest thing is like in a lot of ways for that particularly, you know, here we're probably behind the times in many ways, <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't know, any, any, any other thoughts on the choice of narrator? I, I just, I thought this guy was such a fantastic observer. Um, my only thing would be I, 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 I understood that it was sort of, or for my interpretation, unsaid that he was going to go back to his partner. He Any way that it would take for him to get back to his partner, he was going to do. And so my, my thing that, that bothered me just a little bit was I, I wanted to see him a little bit less of observer and a little bit more in the mix um, when they do land in what I presume to be Iceland. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I wanted some more, some more of him in there, and I, I don't know why. I, I, I was a little bit thrown by my own wow. uh, sense of being let down with that for some reason. I really don't understand why I wanted him to be fucking mixing it up so much. Um, well, so but it, it was something that I felt really strongly, and I was like, oh, that's strange. So his name's Harold, just so we know who our narrator is. His name's Harold with two with two A's, H A R A L D. Um, and he's reluctant. Harald. Harald. Yeah. Uh, he's reluctant. He Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Sammy Hagar. He's like a reluctant Viking. Viking. Or mm -hmm. or he's reached a point in his life which, you know, um, middle age for a Viking it was, it was probably what, seventeen? Like he's probably seventeen. Yeah, like right? He's got yeah. his he's got a family and he um his horizons are Well, he wants a family. Yeah, his, his horizons are much broader than um, raping and pillaging. And he, he's almost like he feels for, for, for other people, even the people who, like, they're going to, to murder. You know, he's not, like, yeah, he's not like he's stopping like, anybody not from dying and yeah. being murdered, but he's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, I guess that's a sh like this. He's like, dude, we didn't even lot. give him enough time to have more stuff for us to pillage since the last time yes. we went, you know, yeah. but he's very, he is very, very aware that if he doesn't go this time, they won't ask, he's not yeah. going to get asked to go to, to go. Uh, again. So there's like this feeling right? of so, being left behind. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, and that's prevalent through this whole thing is that progress and the future is moving 
and he's got his own designs on things, but he doesn't mm-hmm. want to be left behind in in his in the society or or to to a different level, like in his life, which is why he wants yep. to go back and have a family, but also still kind of hang on to like his raping and pillaging days. His, he wants to be a part of it, but not in it. It's like the dudes who drink the beer just on the outskirts of the pit, you know, and, <laughs> and you're not, you're not, you were, but you're not this time. And it's probably for the best. Cause you want to, you want to, you want to be, be involved, but you don't want to be involved. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I, I thought that was like a, a really sort of just such a, again, just touching on some of these universals that like, I'm only now seeing like before, you know, it's that, it's that whole sort of like frontal lobe thing. Like you don't have the cognitive capacity until you're a certain age to even be able to rightly or, or, or accurately look to the future and, and see yourself in it. Like I know for, for a really long time, probably until I was like 25 or so, I maybe even older, like I, I really didn't see beyond the moment much. And I was constantly doing things that, that would absolutely be super dangerous and, and viewed as maybe, you know, borderline suicidal. Yeah. Just because I didn't have any, any sense that I would want to be nor, you know, should be in, in the, the future or whatever. And when you look at the kids here, right, these young children who I don't even think I didn't read them as being older than 10. You know, what I mean, like maybe a little bit older, um, they would stick a knife in you as soon as shake your hand. Mm-hmm. Right. It reminded me of City of God a lot. And so when they're going over, you know, so 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 they see, as, as we've said, uh, that, you know, there's this sort of bad omen of all this like really terrible wind and hail and all this stuff coming at them. And so they go that m- motherfucking priest is, is, is sending this shit our way again. And we got to take this guy guy out and so they get in the the ship and they go back to iceland it's a, it's like a month-long journey right yeah yeah it's so they're in, they're three in the long ship, months sh- right three long months so you, you know they they take the summer to go uh <laughs> and 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 hit up this island and, and on the way you're getting this sense that there is this like very clear power struggle right the the old uh, chieftains are, are close to being usurped by these young dudes who are just like following their example. They're bloodthirsty. Mm-hmm. They're doing exactly what they watch these same dudes do for a while. But it's only after you do that thing enough that you realize, holy, holy shit, like this is unsustainable for me and everyone else. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Go ahead, Eric. Sorry.
Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, I was just going to, I was, this sort of like, uh, the young guys, when you're a young guy, you don't know a damn thing and everybody tells you you don't know a damn thing and you don't believe them and you know you have that, I have the right way of doing things. It's like the tragedy and wonderment of being a human. It's like we don't learn shit and eventually we become the guy on the outside of the pit being like, man, I used to do that and it was a good time, but I got to get to bed early. Yeah, we now. are missing a, a one layer here because there's kind of two central characters. We have Harald, who's our narrator, and he's yes. got his um, Sherpa, uh, I don't know how you say his name, Gnut or Nut, G-N-U-T. Nut. Just Nut. Silent shit. Yeah, yeah, Nut. Yeah, I don't speak um, uh, Viking very fluently anymore. <laughs> well, apparently you can't even say a name right. Um, <laughs> so Nut is, um, he's he's kind of over it, right? He's almost posturing, but he's definitely over it. And that sparks um, Harald's... Uh, sort of own self-reflection and, and and to a larger degree at the end, his own over it with itness, I guess is the way to say it. <laughs> but isn't that, but isn't that over it? Cause he goes, I'm definitely going. Yeah. But, but he's, but he, he has a reason though, but he doesn't really want to, he's like posturing. Yeah. And it, I think that's in large part though, because, and I loved this, he's alone, mm -hmm. right? He's, he's alone. His, his, his wife had died um, from bad milk, mm -hmm. right, is, is what it was. And the baby had also died. So it was this thing that, I mean, the fact that he touched on that, I was like, oh, God, man, because we have come really not that far in terms of, like, you know, uh, uh, infant mortality and, 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 and mother mortality and stuff like yeah. that. And, and that's the most terrifying Especially thing. Especially when your wife's pregnant too, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Thank you. Yeah. So, well, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got what two, two months no, ago. No, I'm I was good. I'm just the same place. Um, but like, but it is. It, it it well, it needs to be said yeah. too. I think that's that's a fucking it's terrifying a thing. Fear. We're just supposed to be to be really quiet about it and just accept it as like, oh, we're in America, and and we're so we're so low on the developed nations in terms of infant mortality and 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 mothers, you know, surviving it and stuff like that. Like, holy shit, there's like 50 countries ahead of us. And it's so it's it's so fucking crazy when he describes that and then you see the state of this dude who's by himself, mm -hmm. right? And it just made me think of like he has this desire to go because as Eric said, it's like obligatory. It's what he knows, right? It it gives him purpose and makes him feel useful, but also gives him camaraderie and community. And it's the thing that it's, it, it seems like her all gets from uh, his partner. Right. And, and the family that he, that he hopes to have. And, and so you get this really sort of like wild sense of, I started going, well, what is the, is the, the, the message here? Because when we get there, you know, nut does this like really desperate thing um, to try and get a partner and and it's 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 so kind of horrific you know and and it's seen as standard practice but I that just like kind of shook me um, because I'm thinking did he have this in his mind the whole time or was it one of those things where when he saw so essentially he sees this uh, young girl and he takes her 
and now she's she's his right and it seems like he like literally falls in Mm -hmm. love with her in these moments but it's like so tough because I, i i just kept wondering like was this his plan all along or was the is is this just the um sort of the the move of an extraordinarily desperate man and that posturing is is unsustainable yeah. beyond you know this this last uh go one reading i had of that particular uh, uh thread um is i guess the lengths that a desperate person would go to to um fill their heart with the thing that has been ripped away you know mm. often you know people yeah. we you know we turn to to vices but i don't know yep. um you know there, there probably weren't uh, dispensaries in in the village, <laughs> you know, or or strip clubs. So he did the next best thing, which is go and pillage mm-hmm. and, and get a new wife. Um, yeah. So somehow it's is kind of um, uh, I don't know. I guess atrocious, right? His behavior is it. It's almost yeah. sad. It's almost sympathetic. And and the and the it, woman that yeah. he took, like, was she like missing an arm, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But right. like and some that, one of those. And that's dudes. the intentionality behind you know like Tower's story. Right? Yeah. he's putting these same situations that we've all experienced in some way, fashion or other, and like you're like, are you that far from stealing a person? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, and, I, and and the thing was, she had been she had been uh, uh, hurt by them before, the, like previous yeah. time. Yeah, I, I read it more as sympathetic and. Um, you know the the yearnings of the heart more so than uh it's 2 30 a.m and they're the last two in the club and the lights just clicked on you know <laughs> and he's he's immediately he's immediately very protective of her too yeah, yeah which yes. doesn't happen for a we're the last two in the bar you know kind kind of thing yeah and you know what the line that really got me was that it wasn't even and this was where it gets a little hairy was it it wasn't even that it, that that it was her this particular woman or even this person like he goes stricken as he was with the awful fear that comes with getting hold of something you cannot afford to lose mm-hmm. and and this is like speaking again i think to that idea of stereotype that like man is in competition with himself right like i need to be x but also with everything around him and every and everyone around him and he's he's finally gotten the thing that he thinks will complete him or or make him whole or or have him at least uh be able to show up in in these other places because i mean the guy's walking around with snot in his face and his beard and and and, you know he hasn't washed in however long and you know that's something that you should have seen me at the hotel (laughs) (laughs) you know essentially this this obvious cry for 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 help in a way but that's not like a thing especially here and i think in in the world of men a lot of times for very long it it wasn't um and so like with this i i just feel like it's just such a fantastic way of of talking about it's it's not the the woman so much it's 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 everything that we covet and it's it's everything that we try and um hold on to but that we won't be able to to, to, to take with us or that might not even have the same meaning, you know, as perhaps our narrator and, and his partner's um, relationship there that he's just, as Daniel points out, trying to, to fill a hole or a mm-hmm. void or something like that. Yeah. I mean, and that's her, her, her all 
says it. I could tell just to look at him that most days he was thinking of walking into the water and not bothering to turn back. It wasn't combat he was after. He wanted back on the boat among company. He just yeah. he just needed he needed friends. He needed companionship. And uh, yep. you know, again, he, physically in the in the story he does terrible things, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. the metaphor is much larger than that yeah absolutely um, what did we what did we think I mean do you guys ever see City of God Mm-mm. so in City of God there's this you know group of like teens 20s who are just like again essentially it's right outside of Rio de Janeiro it's called City of God and it's pretty true they just they just run the place Right. Drugs, guns, like all this stuff. They just they just run the place like nobody police. Nobody really has any control. And as it's going on, almost in like a Carlitos way kind of situation, there's these young kids that are trying to get into the situation who are like anywhere from like five to ten years old. And they're trying to get in. They're trying to get, you know, be a part of the gang, stuff like that. And and by the end, um, these kids murder the older dudes and then they take over Mm -hmm. and they're straight up like wielding very serious weaponry and very seriously running drugs uh, uh, you know before they're even in double digits um and so when when we have these these young kids coming in like this sort of like i don't know look at almost like a lord of the fly city of god like all this stuff just like is it in our is it in our base nature or are they just doing what they've seen and it's too late because they've gotten a taste of it for the elders to really put a stop to it because ultimately they murder the you know the elder who who was the one who might have been able to you know so i guess the question is like is that something to me he comments on it and it seems like it's in passing but that was kind of terrifying for me as like a dad especially with a son like thinking it just made me think about all the vices and all the things that I clearly am doing that I wonder like they see everything Mm -hmm. they pick up everything like is there any way beyond and I guess this is the major takeaway that I had it, it doesn't seem like there's any way beyond just these tiny tiny increments to have progress in this sort of like uh passing down and this 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 you know uh, uh growth of the human condition it doesn't seem like great change can happen it seems like we all have to go through the muck to 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 come out on the other side and maybe you'll be uh, a fraction of a step further than i was mm-hmm. and i was a fraction of a step further than my father and he a fraction of a step before him like it doesn't seem like we can take any great leaps was my takeaway from that like I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Thoughts there's there's not a whole lot of optimism as the story concludes when uh ha, ha, what are we calling him Harald and uh and his uh his partner Pila. Yeah. Yeah. They have yeah. they have twins. And then you know basically our narrator's like you wish you hated those people. Like you wish you hated your wife, you wish you hated your kids because you know what the world is going to do. You know that when they come across people like you or people like you used to be, that 
the world that those people are going to fuck up the people you love. So it would just be easier if you didn't love them. Like there's no, yeah. there, there's no way to protect them or change the world in a way that is going to make things better. So it would just be easier if you hated them and didn't care what happened to them. I know, man, that I just couldn't, I couldn't like let that go. That stuck with me. Right. So yeah. much. <laughs> oh yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's too, it's almost like that was too spot on for me. You know what I mean? And he, and he had to, he had to like give us these images, these like brief humorous moments, like, and I'm going to bring it up. The, the, the fucking blood Eagle, Yeah. you know, like that, that was like one of the funniest, most brutally violent graphic yeah. things I've ever read. But it somehow broke up this like really like sort of gnawing feeling I was getting from these young kids who I knew were going to just do terrible, terrible things. And that, you know, that's how the dudes who this narrator I'm sympathetic to was when he was that age and, and how these twins might be and will most likely be uh, as, as the world turns. And so I don't know, like the blood Eagle dear listener is they find the priest who they see as the culprit for sending the hail and the the the, the winds and stuff, um, and are oh who's the leader's name, the the real I mean the dude who like eats a dude when he <laughs> when he dies because they don't have any food is oh it or, like, is it or, Earl is that him, I think so, um, Sharf. Sharf. He, Sharf. he finds he finds <laughs> this priest or whatever, slits him open pulls out his lungs while they're still pulsating and draws them to either side of him outside his body and, 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 and makes him into essentially gives him like wings, which are his lungs flapping and they're flapping and, and calls him a blood Eagle. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh God, it's so graphic and hilarious and like, uh, just brutal. I loved it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the type of stuff that like I, I have a really hard time with with seeing intense violence in movies, but I love reading about it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Did, it's yeah. Did you see it's, that it's, in Vikings that uh, the TV show? Oh, I have not seen that TV show. Oh, it's pretty good. Um, but they show that it's um, pretty awesome. They show the blood eagle. Yeah. Really? And I mean, they don't. I mean, they do the the movie TV show thing where they don't show. You know, they show the reactions. But you definitely, oh. uh, they do a nice little overhead camera pan, and you see, you see the blood oh. eagle in all its uh, glory. I'll send you guys a link later on. Later. <laughs> no, no. Uh, don't do, do that. that. Don't, don't do, do that. that. Just, just for clarity, that the character of of Jarf is also the one who who cooks the uh, the yeah, stomachs yeah. of those who died until they burst and then eats last night's mutton all over little, again. Little little Viking haggis. Viking haggis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, man. Until the, it's oh, a great, man. I, that's mm. a great, it's a great mm. scene. He says, <laughs> he says, on that same trip, we ran low on food, and it was Jarf who decided to throw our own dead on the fire and have it last night's mutton when their stomachs burst. So just throw the dead on the. That's so gross. That's so. Food's gross. food. <laughs> if, if these boys hadn't gotten their their thread snipped, they'd tell you the same thing. If it was you, they do. They 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 would eat the uh, food out of your stomach. Hey, you know what? If you're starving, yeah. you got to do what you got to do, right? Hey, yeah, hey. <laughs> it really I mean, did it bring up for you guys any of these like thoughts of like, my God, like we, we 
just I I guess I'm recycling a thought, but like we've come so far and not at all. Like simultaneously, I just kept like feeling like I was in this like sort of uh, Ferris wheel of, of of that idea. Just we've come so far and, and not at all all over again. Because you know, when you look at at, at the world on a on a on a grand scale, um, we really aren't that far from this. Like, you know. People are, are, are killing themselves because they Listen. have health care bills they can't pay. And, like, all this stuff is, like, you know, just so very. Listen, you have one bad day, you're eating somebody's stomach. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Yeah. Like, you, like, 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 legitimately, the world is a bad day away from this. Right. Um, and, and, like, so, like, when you were saying, like, oh, we, we've, we've, you know, gone so far, but not far at all. And all I could think about was the Seinfeld episode where, George and Jerry are sitting on a stoop and George is like, hey, if we were ever uh, stranded in the Andes or something like that and you had to eat one of us, would you eat me or Kramer? Jerry's like, well, I'd eat Kramer. <laughs> and George gets all offended. <laughs> God, yeah, I don't know. I just um, that, I was so struck by that because it's just, oh, man, like there, there's so much ingenuity and brilliance and, and, and the uh, – the the woman who does the trick with the um the stomach womb and has them eat the uh the the onions to see if she could then mm-hmm. smell it mm-hmm. and if you could smell it then it was you it's pu- yeah. that thing is punctured and you're you're a goner and if you couldn't smell it then you're good um just like th- this this human urgent curiosity and 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 cleverness i was just so so struck by because it, it, it all comes out of necessity really not to be like you know repeating you know stupid adages but like it kind of it kind of seemed like that was one of the things he was driving and it just made me think of like what's the necessity now you know like what 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 is the necessity now what could we point to right now that we need to find some clever way to to fix or, or make right um and ironically, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I watched uh, Don't Look Up and I was like really, really freaked out because I was like, you know what? I don't think art can do what I had always hoped that it could, you know, because of how like people just didn't think it was any good and are buying into a lot of the, the nonsense. And I'm like man I, I i feel like i would i would love to give a book like this to to everybody and have everybody watch idiocracy and don't look up and 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 wouldn't that fix things um and more and more one of the things i'm starting to reconcile is like maybe you can only perhaps this is my major takeaway from the book like maybe you can only do enough in your very very tiny corner um, maybe that's that's all we should really concern ourselves with. Well, that's that's and what they want us to do. They don't want us. Right. They don't want us united. I get so conflicted with that because my brain defaults to large, yeah. and and I just keep getting pushed back to small, and it it um well, it's it's so brutal. Like it's just it feels like I'm literally being beaten by like. Uh, I don't know, Rhino or some sort of like Spider-Man super villain or something it's like that. It's very difficult for one person to affect nice. change large, <laughs> you know? 
Right. It's easy right. to yeah, sort yeah, your yeah. recycling, you know. Um, but that's that's you know that's not that's not enough. No. Yeah. And we're we're so much like I feel like the reason the narrator works so well is because we can all identify or most can identify with him far more than somebody like the the leader. You know what yeah. I mean? He's almost hopeless, and, right, Harold? It feels that way. Yeah. I mean, he wants he wants things. But he, it's like, but he wants to hold on to his tiny corner. I mean, yeah. that, that that awful fear that comes with getting a hold of something you can't afford to lose, yeah. like, is anything something you can't afford to lose? You know, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. I I just get left with all these questions, which makes me know that it's a fucking fantastic story. Yeah, but uh, but not to be trite or or defeatist, but also Harold seems happy. You know right? what I mean? Like he let he, you know. We must he, imagine Sisyphus happy. He, he he seems to like his like his life. You know, other than the crippling depression um, that you know that that consumes him when he has his children. <laughs> and, right. and you know, isn't that just like what we're all dealing with? I mean, <laughs> wow! Like I just feel so connected with the crippling absolutely thought of the. <laughs> the... <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's actually crazy because like this week i had like a flare up a couple weeks ago but this week was really the first one where i felt felt like even though i haven't slept at all i stepped out of like the fog and i remembered the the feeling of having had it happen four years ago too you mm -hmm. know what i mean or however many years it is now and and um <laughs> five um but like like it really it really was like that that feeling of like oh my god like like i'm among the living again and, and, and I feel like I can, uh, you know, like I saw you, Daniel, and, and, and it was it was it was nuts, you know, to 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 be like out of that out of that thing and feel like, oh, stuff is worth a while. Like I can I, you know, this is this is this is this is worth and 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 I can I can do this. And this is somebody who I could show a story to and he would tell me about it. And and and, and I would know if it was any good because one person had read it and, and said something. And it's just like, man, the 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 yo-yo of living is is unsustainable <laughs> <laughs> just walk into well, the... it's a good thing that we all eventually pass on you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> good thing that string breaks for all of us at a certain point <laughs> we just roll into the oh, <laughs> yeah i don't know um, my final thought is really one of conflict i can't I, I i i love this so much and i think if i i have to look at it as a story because it does have all the things that don't let me let it go uh, and, and, and that attach themselves to me like fucking barnacles on a hull. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I really, I have, to, I have to remind myself to, to look at the story and, and I have to almost look at the writing to take myself out of that sort of spiral that I find myself in when I read this because it, it, it hits so many things. And um, like a great story doesn't really give you the answers, but it reveals something about yourself. And I think the reveal is certainly that I'm, I'm prone to, yeah. to pessimism. But yeah, that's mine. Um, I, I, uh, like I, I loved this. And um, I immediately, I know this is going to be a shitty thing to say, but I, I immediately put it on my Amazon wish list so I can remember <laughs> to get yeah. it one day if I see it in the store. Um, I found this at... Um, at whatchamacallit, at a spiral bookcase. Oh, get out. Okay. Yeah, $5. Fiction. Nice. Yeah, I, I couldn't um, believe it because I had just heard that it was What's-His-Name's favorite book. That's great. Um, 
yeah, I, I love stories that that um, that deal with the the coin flip of joy and despair. Mm. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? I, I yeah. that th- those are the stories I love so much. The stories that are are funny and sweet and sad and brutal <laughs> all at once. Yeah, um, and that ticks what this all is. those boxes. Yeah, it does. It's perfect. I mean, it's uh, a story that can can acknowledge the reverse of both despair and joy is that's where you go that's that's a good story that, that's that that's, that's that's uh aptly said i'm stealing your last thought as my own <laughs> <laughs> but i do have i have a i have a question as a last thought so i'm gonna go after eric i'm just gonna share because you guys have, have have said everything uh much better than i could say it and uh i'm just gonna share my favorite passage if i may oh of course it's, it just it just brought me a, a chuckle in the midst of all this terror and sadness. We we gathered on the beach and already Jarf was in a lather. He did a few deep knee bends, got down in front of all of us and ran through some poses, cracking his bones and drawing out the knots in his muscles. And all I could picture with a traditional Viking helmet on was my mother jazzercising in the <laughs> living room when I grew up. And so that's my that is my concluding image on the story. I I, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, that's great. So oh, I almost forgot about that part. That is so good. So we called this uh, the Daddy Cast because it does explore themes of um, fatherhood, like towards the end. And uh, you three are um, fathers, right? By the, by the time true. people are listening to this, you three are all yeah, fathers. That's true. Yeah. So. My God, just a matter of days. Yeah. And like less than less than forty eight. Wow, buddy. Holy shit. Um, we're going to raise a pint to you in a moment. Um, so my question to you guys, and, and maybe just uh, take a minute and think about it and, and have your response, uh, you know, keep it under three because, you know, we're, we're coming up on an hour here. Um, wow. I think we all have uh, father figures or um, people that have gone before us that we kind of look up to, um, particularly when they're, they're going through something and, and maybe they had something that we we kind of want as well so harold in this i don't think it's named that he wants a family but eventually he does he wants to get back to pila um uh nut has had those things and lost those things and is yearning to reclaim them um for you for you guys as fathers who are do you think of or look up to when you want to be the best father you can be who is the person that you know real or fictional that um uh you strive to be or emulate when you uh think of yourselves in the role of father as as daddy if you will <laughs> jesus a, he- a heads up on this one would have been delightful yeah, well it kind of ruins the spontaneity of the cast right well, oh, I'll man. tell you, I'll start because I have a, a, a pretty, uh, so I love Superman. Um, and Oh, we know. And he, like that character of, of trying every day to be, to do right and to do good. Um, that's everything I try to be uh, in every way. Um, but most of the time I find out I'm, I'm just Bruce Banner. <laughs> he turns into a giant green rage monster. <laughs> but I, I, truthfully enough, aside from my dad, which is an easy is an easy one, um, 
I, I really love Superman, and I, I, love, I love him because he inspires me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because, yeah, you, you mentioned Seinfeld earlier too, and I feel like whether he intends it or not, that's, that's his as well. Like that's a very, very much that's, that's his connection. And um, <laughs> to, to give Eric another moment, I'll, I'll stumble through this as well. Um, not that you stumbled. You did great. I you did, did, I you did great. You're beautiful. Um, I tussle a little I, tussle. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really it's it's really um, that's such a tough uh, question for a number of reasons. It's almost like people when they ask you why did you become a teacher? Um, who was it? Actually, they assume that there was a great teacher in your past, and that's why you became a yeah. teacher. No, it's and, because they don't drug test. <laughs> and it's, it's it's one of those things where it took me until now like 13 years into my career to realize that i always said i didn't have a great teacher and that's why i wanted to be te- become a teacher because i felt like kids could use a good one and um which is i guess really presumptuous but i <laughs> i actually realized that my drum teacher buddy deppenschmidt who was who could have done anything was stan Getz's drummer he was the man uh, he chose to teach in this little town called Newtown, and he loved teaching, and he loved his students, and that was his whole obituary. It was about his how much he loved his students, and I realized that he was like, actually, probably the major reason why I wanted to be a teacher. And when I looked to him, I don't actually, and I use that to segue because I, I do see him sort of like a father figure, but with a very specific purpose. Um, but interestingly, there was kind of a a melding of three people like I used to spend the summers with my grandfather and grandmother and my grandfather I thought was the best man on in the world like he would take me to do all these adult things like he taught me to drive before I was 13 and we would drink little beers and we would gamble and we would play pool but it was all he was he was taking care of me and kind of showing me how to live and he was so sweet and and super kind and friends with everybody and then I found out that that's not how he was when he raised my father, mm-hmm. that he was really the total opposite of that. And my father, very similarly when I was growing up, was kind of the way his father raised him. But now as my father's gotten older, I've become more connected to him. So like my grandfather and my old dad, I think, would be a nice hybrid. And then I had a, a best friend growing up whose father was, um, I thought, just the greatest dude in the world. And uh and he had a massive record collection and, and always encouraged me to, um, he saw I love music and he, he would he would make me mix tapes all the time. And he always encouraged me to, to follow it because he took the time to see that I um, cared about something. And, and that was, that meant a lot. And I think that's sort of when I think of what a father is, it's, it's being, observant Mm -hmm. and thoughtful and and taking the the necessary time to do that extra for those few minutes because those few minutes mean a lifetime for someone else you know like i had an uncle who was very similar as well and unfortunately that's your that's your time he's now like that's your time a trumper he's (laughs) off the deep end Oh no! Oh, but he was very similar as well. Sorry, you got me all worked up, man. <laughs> Jesus! No, I heard it. I heard I it. Got it was no, powerful stuff. I got no beer left except for the one we got to drink in a little bit. You crushed me. <laughs> yeah. I hope that gave you enough time there, Eric. I'm gonna I'm gonna riff off of that because I'm not officially answering, but I think the mark of um uh, of a real 
father or a real man, a real daddy, if you will, is someone who sees an <laughs> opportunity to step the fuck up and they do. And they leave the person they're stepping yeah. up for um, better for it. So, and I, that's and they don't go. I'm stepping up for no, you. No, no, they you just know, fucking do it. It just is. Yeah, and I've had lots of yeah. folks like that in my life because I've uh, very fractured um, fatherhood over here. But Eric, uh, I have to start by saying Daniel staring at me and saying "Daddy" with that mustache on. <laughs> um, I'm gonna excuse myself and go take a shower real quick. Um, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Nick, you know, is that where Nick you do your, your, your self love? Is that where you practice? Nick, <laughs> Nick, 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 no comment. Nick <laughs> oh made uh, made mention um, at the onset of uh, what he referred to as, uh, as as my daddy issues, and they're 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 there, they're present. Um, but I would be remiss if I didn't say, at least in in some small way, my own dad, particularly as he as he and I both get older. Um, that I'm beginning to maybe peel back a little bit of what um, some of the the problems were and be able to um, to forgive a lot of those issues that we had. And so I am, you know, seeing him as as having attempted to be uh, a little bit better than um, than he ended up being. Um, but maybe that's, you know, sort of a cop out answer. But I would also say um, my I have a fictional one and a real life one. And my fictional one is. Ruth from Lorraine Hansberry's *Raisin in the Sun*, mm-hmm. um, because she was a you know she was a single parent and so had to had to play sort of all all roles. Um, and I've always just sort of admired her her character, her ability to um, to parent and to discipline in uh, in all the right ways, and also at a time when it couldn't have been easy uh, to let you know her children kind of discover themselves, make their own mistakes, um, and support them in, in in what seemed like just the right ways. But probably my, my real life uh, example would be my maternal uh, grandfather, um, who was just, you know, he he died when my when my about 10 years ago when my son was real young. Um, but he was just incredible, totally supportive, um, you know, completely present in a way that, you know, that was totally was was admirable. Um, it's something that I think about a lot when I'm, you know, spending time with my kids, like, what am I doing to, you know, to be a part of this moment, um, and to and to nurture them and to encourage them to find out who they were. And um, I don't think that was particularly typical of his generation. But he by all accounts, did an awesome job and is a person that I think about and look up to for sure. Nice. That's a good response. So, so, nice. so listener, um, as, as we round out this segment, I invite you to think about who your role models are, uh, who you aspire to be when you find everything ravaged, everything burned. How do you push through? Yeah, if you find yourself in a well or a tower. <laughs> Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Great question, dude. Great I mean, it's, it's the uh, theme. It's the fucking theme of this thing, right? It really yeah. is. It makes me wonder now, think about how so much, uh, you know, we were talking about grandfathers and stuff like that, like how, how the respect for the elderly and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And do we do we value their wisdom in our culture? Oh, no. Um, no. You know, <laughs> and, and it's that that really is a shame. Do they have a TikTok? Then yes. <laughs> then absolutely. <laughs> Are they making fools of themselves? Let's. Uh, and perhaps I've made a fool of myself by this choice, but let's move on to uh, Fever Ray's 2009 offering, self-titled Fever Ray. Um, as a uh, a little bit of background, dear listener, 
you may remember um, the voice of Fever Ray, uh, though they have a, I think, pretty wide range vocally. Um, they uh, are also the voice of The Knife, um, which has, uh, you know, that um, super popular, their first album was 2003. It has that song Heartbeats on it, which was everywhere for a really long time. There's like three singles on there that were just all over the radio waves um, for an extraordinarily long time. Um, and they made that album in 2003, Deep Cuts, uh, and then, you know, The Knife doesn't perform for the first time until th 2006. So they're just like kind of making music in their weird, uh, you know, Swedish corner of the world. Brother and sister, much like Billie Eilish and her bro. Here, you'll remember this. Hold on. We're going to get taken down. Y yes or no? I don't know that. Do you remember no. that? Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, my no. God. But In any case. Uh, our listeners, you may, if you do watch the show Vikings, um, the theme song is by Fever Ray. It's the first track on this album. If I Had a Heart. Yes. Which is the best track on the album, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I uh, fell in love with Fever Ray because of that song. And then I went back. And frankly, I like The Knife more. But because this was released on the same year as Everything Ravage, Everything Burn. And of course, they're Swedish and everything. I thought that'd be a nice tie-in for these two. Also, and this is why I picked it really beyond that is that I thought this would work as a fantastic soundtrack for those lonesome three months at sea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's about as entertaining as a lonesome three months. Although at sea. I, 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 I didn't know where Mark McGrath was in this album. And then I realized that sugar Ray, um, Jesus. <laughs> speed home, California. Holy shit. You can get a you oh, can get no. a cameo with Mark McGrath for like thirty bucks, I think. That's a shame. That's less than Mickey Morandini. <laughs> Mickey Morandini, <laughs> second base for the Fightins. <laughs> I got I got a Mickey Morandini one for my father. Speaking of fathers, and he <laughs> thought it was an actual call, like he was being Facetimed uh, by Mickey Morandini. Can we talk about and Mickey Morandini more than he was talking back to him? It was yeah. amazing. It's um, a, I've seen I've seen several older folks. Talk back to cameos. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Like, it's like he tells no. a obviously like rehearsed ninety yeah. three World Series story as well. Yeah, which I thought was great. Um, Mickey but in any case, Morandini. This this album this this band, uh, Fever Ray is is really just um, the the lead singer um, Karen Drudger, uh who is of course the one or the voice of the Knife as well, which. Um, they became really popular because of I am a big fan of bands like Sigaros uh, uh, from Iceland and, and, and Mogwai and, and a lot of this post-rock. Um, and I think the electronic aspect of Fever Ray really, really, really does it for me. I wish more songs on the album had that, and I don't want to say hook, but that sort of like awesome drone to draw you in that if i had a heart the yeah. first track does 
Um, I feel like some of this feels unfinished and uh, almost experimental uh, as opposed to, you know, complete uh, or fully realized. But that being said, I am a fan of it. I'm a fan of that. Like, I like thinking about what I would have put here or what would have happened here and the openness of the composition. Uh, to me, I really enjoy for a particular state of mind. Like, I, I, I put on Fever Ray when I'm working. Yeah, uh, I, I, and, I would. And I really enjoy that. I'd put it on if I went running and sure. I would not i would make a deal with myself that i can't hit stop until i get home so i'd run extra fast <laughs> so you really didn't enjoy it at all <laughs> it, was, it was or you just found it super boring yeah it was really boring it was like it was it kind of hit like one note and then just not like musical pitch but you know as far as like a color it just hit it and yeah. it didn't really deviate which in like a coffee shop if i was like in iceland and this was on at the coffee shop. I like. Oh, this, this is, is cool. new. This is yeah. This is <laughs> this is ambiance. This is different. Yeah. Um, or like if I was at IKEA. You know, <laughs> but does it have to be like a Nordic thing? <laughs> well, no, I'm telling you, it has, to, it has to for me to. For me to. <laughs> or or to not to, or to not actively, um, you know, be bored by I'm it. I'm having an experience. <laughs> I'm somewhere else. This you know what? New. Just, just I don't mean to deviate, but how dare IKEA? Okay, well, I've had to put a lot of IKEA stuff together. How dare they do what they do? You know what? That's uh, all. Sorry. I'm going to sidebar on that as mean? well. And this is not a this is not a braggadocious or or a humble brag. Putting, it's going to be because you prefaced it as such. Yeah. But putting together <laughs> IKEA shit is not difficult. Why do people? Make it seem. no. That is incorrect. Yeah, I rather enjoy it. it is actually, incorrect. no, I no. I yeah, it's a bit. Therapy. I really enjoy it. No, I, I'll not. put that shit together all day. I had there was a, a, a bureau that tough. I put together, and it took me five and a half hours. <laughs> there was and bloodshed. It, huh? There was bloodshed. Listen, man. And then they had. I got <laughs> this. Everything yes, was cube, ravaged and burned by the this end. cube bookcase. And it just like fit together. And if you put it in the wrong sequence, you had to take it apart. Well, don't. But then all the pieces the would be. Well, they didn't mark the parts that needed to go in the right. You know what? How dare what they? they? How it's dare like they? Stickers on it. The only so thing like that IKEA has good for it is that they have a pack of four, cookies. And then five at the and end six. Of the, at the at the end of the uh, at the end of the the shopping trip, they have round a pack pegs of cookies going round holes. that have like this really nice um, raspberry jam in them. <laughs> you know the I heard very little of what you I, said. I just heard the end where you started, where you said raspberry jam, and I I realized that I lost the entire thread up until that point. Yeah, that was that was a uh, yeah. Do you know what the difference between um jam and jelly is? I'll no. tell you off air. Two bucks. Um, and meatballs too. Meatballs. <laughs> They're at the end of the uh. The shopping no, aisle. Fuck those meatballs. Those meatballs are shit. He is upset Jesus, at that furniture. I, how dare they? I don't know how. I've like modified IKEA furniture without issue. <laughs> I guess some people got it and some people don't. It well, you know what, way. IKEA don't. <laughs> uh, other other thoughts on the the album? Was it was it the same like one note situation for everybody? Um, I I I knew going in I was probably going to be the only one to like it. So no harm, no foul. I'll say what I'll, I'll say what I'll say this. 
Yeah, why don't you say what? Well, well, uh, <laughs> you know what? You know what? Uh, I didn't dislike it. Uh, oh, that's I just ooh, that's that's kind of high praise coming yeah, from I you, just, given what it is. I just could not actively enjoy it. Like I saw what they were doing. Check out the knife. The knife. Check out the knife. Right, is that you might like? Is that an album cuts. or a band with the same people? So that's the band, and uh, the lead singer of Fever Ray is the lead singer of that one as well. Uh, Karine. They won seven. The knife won. I did a little research because I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out what I was missing here um, because this album, people love this album. It is a critical darling. The knife, but the knife have won seven Swedish Grammys. I don't know how yeah. difficult that is. I haven't won any. <laughs> there's, like, there's like six bands, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and they accepted. Here's a, here's a here's a here's a quote from an article. And they're, they're all from, metal from from the Guardian. They accepted their Grammys over video quote in which their faces and voices were grotesquely distorted, and all the great guys who worked so hard at their record label went without thanks. I kind of like that. Yeah, here's the thing. They're. Uh, uh, a brother and be so fucking weird. Their brother and sister <laughs> duo, who like did the whole thing themselves in their bedroom. Like the brother did it all, and a record label just distributed it. So I I, I think that might have been like, and they they are fucking weird, dude. If you ever watch, um, the, the, uh, live, um, uh, Fever Ray, it is wildly intense. <laughs> like the makeup and the costume. I mean, it's, uh, uh, they are the lead singer is extraordinarily um, androgynous, and the the whole band really is. It's almost like have you ever seen Peaches? Sucking on my titties like you want. Yes, I have. Right? So they used to play that at the bar that I used to. Go to yeah, so to. so I saw Peaches like up one in, in the morning. <laughs> yeah. The Peaches uh, opened up for Eagles of Death Metal one time, and they came out, and there was just a fully androgynous band with gigantic inflatable penises all over the place. And I was like, this is fucking wild. And it was the same thing, except Fever Ray is terrifying. You know how, like, monsters and fairy tales are, like, terrifying in Nordic countries, like, to a degree that's even beyond the Germanic? Um, that's what this is. It's like, take Peaches and make it frightening. And that's yeah, I, that's sort of the show. I I love it. I love a spectacle. I'm all up for a good show. I really am. But uh, if uh, like sometimes like sometimes I get scared. <laughs> I do. And uh, uh, like the, the the film The Lobster, for example. Yeah. I know. I know. I can't handle objectively, eyes. Objectively. Objectively. <laughs> that is a well put together picture. Oh, yeah. I fucking Much hated like the it. Killing and of I'll the never see deer. it again. Much like yeah, the killing I'm the of the sacred deer. I'm out on that. Both of those are the same kind of film, and there's those single scenes in each of them that I I get the heebie-jeebies. They unsettled me so badly, yeah. That I, I I can say yes, it was good. I no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your opinion on Fever Ray as well? It was good. No, no, no. no I, my my opinion is like I, I typically like stuff like like this I, I have not been in the headspace to be able to really delve into it right um my headspace has been manic <laughs> and uh yeah and and only the snottiest of skate punk shall do right now yeah that's your comfort food that's it that's yep. your mac and cheese baby yeah, i'm listening to like friends of ram and they're talking about like smuggling cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i definitely i definitely see that for sure you got to be 
I guess that's I, I knew I was like coming out of the fog because I was like, ooh, I like it again. <laughs> yeah, that that's for me. That's a that's requiem for a dream. Um, that that oh, yeah. makes me feel that same way. But so <laughs> here's what I couldn't help but think. Um, my daughter is nine, and she writes a lot of music, and she is very much in a Katy Perry, Taylor Swift kind of kind of place. And she writes these songs and half the time I have to say, is that a real, you know, is that a real song or is that something that you wrote? Because she's, she's got this cookie cutter kind of stamp where like as a nine-year-old, she's writing stuff that sounds like pop music. And she wrote, she wrote a song at the beginning of, of quarantine called Life in Quarantine. And one of the lines that she repeated over and over again, and she did it with this like hilarious little lilting voice was, life in quarantine, it's not from meh. It's not from meh. So that's become part of our lexicon in our house is if we don't like something, it's not from me. And I can see, I can see the value and I can, you know, I'm not a musician, but I can understand like, you know, this is, this is interesting and there's some cool stuff going on here, but it is, it is not from me. Um, and I have like, I have, look, in you guys, except for, you know, um, Gregorio, who I think in some ways is on my team. But you, I was lambasted for for suggesting a Bouncing Souls record the last or one of the last times I was on the show, and it continues. I, I felt I still am hurt by that. Right, and in fact, I think I think a re-listen will will prove that that you brought the record to the fore, and I was just along for the ride. But still, I get you know I get shouldered w- uh, with that. But I have a like a very obvious um, like pop sensibility that veers pretty hard towards punk um but it veered pretty hard hard away from um from fever ray so i i I guess i don't get it i respect it but i don't i don't get it and i won't listen to it again yeah no 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 absolutely i uh i you know i certainly assume there's much going and i think one of the things um that i did some for some reason like latch onto was thinking about how long this journey that's so ridiculous in its reasoning takes like, we're going to take three months because we think this priest, like just based on superstition. And then like, what do you do for that time? Like I just was, it's, it's only a few sentences, right? It's like two, three sentences. And then they're there. And I just kept thinking about that. And that was largely why I landed on this. I was like, this would probably become the soundtrack for that experience. Um, was you would just be in this sort of space. So if you're into real heavy synths, drone, I think gee, they have a really wide vocal range. That, that To me, the voice was the most interesting thing. Um, then, then check out Fever Ray. If you're into more of the pop, definitely check out The Knife. The Knife is super weird. It's almost like if Passion Pit were weird and and more artistic um is what i Passion would call the pit is is weird you know all the synth sounds he makes with his mouth and runs it through synth- you're, you're he, right he's, he's a wild weird. dude they're a little bit too they're cleaner and poppier and, and, and it's and it's saccharin it's sugar yeah absolutely whereas, whereas yeah. like the knife is like ooh, like like i might get killed listening to this like, something <laughs> might happen that's weird and all the videos are weird. i feel afraid yeah like it's it's there's a there's this this undertone that you're like i don't feel safe that's um, how i feel when i listen to like demu Borgier or like uh cradle of filth oh yeah yes <laughs> i'm just like i don't know if i should be listening to this i didn't know if i should be looking at their t-shirts when i was a kid yeah i know 
they were so grotesque and awesome. <laughs> it was like a like nine inch nails video gone gone awry. Yeah. Um, but in any case, my closing thought on this is, yeah, I really I thought this would be like a a, a very Nordic uh, Viking soundtrack um, for that for that time. And uh, yeah, dear listener, give it a give it a list if you want. If you don't, uh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all said our, our piece on that. Absolutely, yeah. yes, sir. Fantastic. Then let's Let us move drink some beer. Into the Icelandic Skull. Arctic berry. I'm going to drink mine out of my Yes. <laughs> so, um, has anyone been to uh, Iceland? No, I just, it is on my just list. tell us about your trip, Nick. No, I'm not going to be indulgent. So when you go to Iceland, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, so Einstock is kind of the only um, one that the import that you can find from there. Uh, when I did go, I, there there are a lot of good breweries. Obviously, as we all know, as beer drinkers, the water is like 95 percent of the game, right? That's why Hetty uh, Topper is Hetty Topper, and, and you know, on and on and on and on and on. And it's why Hetty Topper is Hetty Topper, and uh, Kenzinger is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Um, so, so Einstock is located 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle in Ukraine, uh, Iceland, and the water flows from rain and prehistoric glaciers down this mountain through ancient lava fields giving essentially what is the purest water on earth they argue and when you think about it what are your filters in like your britas and your zero waters like there's charcoal right like lava rock essentially um and so i really was drawn to that when like they were explaining it to me over there there i would argue is another brewery or two that i liked the flavors better but einstock's the only one that you can really get here this is Jill and I's favorite from Einstock, which is the Icelandic Arctic Berry. Um, so this is uh, sort of a celebration of the first day of summer. Um, it, you know, designates the arrival of warmer temperatures and abundant sunshine as we know it. You know, the sun goes down there in the summer at like 12.05 and rises again at 12.15. Not even a joke. It's just twilight and then it comes back up. Um, and so... You know, this is to celebrate summer. Uh, it's made um, from bilberries uh, that are handpicked near the Arctic Circle as well. And uh, it's just sort of a, a, a light ale with, with bilberries in it. So uh, that's, that's the background. Shall we, shall we give it a taste? Yes, sir. All right. I poured mine in a Games of Cheers. Thrones goblet just to be uh, in theme. Oh my God, the the smell is out of this world. Yeah, I don't um, have that. <laughs> sorry, tart, it's got sorry. like a dry tartness. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna drink mine out of the stomach of a dead man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, mix it with the Yikes. mutton, baby. From the look oh, of the look beer. of your eyes, you're pouring it into the stomach of a dead man too. <laughs> so it's funny that Nick, when you when you said that it's like uh, it it's also melted water from prehistoric glaciers i get i become titillated by by that idea it's like uh, when i was buying a my the ring for my uh for my wife to, to ask her to marry me the guy at the at the jewelry store was like y you know the diamond's been cooking in the earth for like two million years and i was like that is fucking awesome <laughs> how many <laughs> how many little children 
died <laughs> mining them. Yeah, right. But today on the news, is on they just said there's like a 555 carat black diamond that scientists have said can only have come from space. And Whoa. that today blew my mind. So that's a little aside, but, you know, anyway. Nice. Dude, the I, beer. Uh, the beer, yeah. This, this to me, like, is that perfectly light but also sort of enigmatic flavor. Right, because it, it 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 tastes like an ale, and I'm like a rolling raw, no, 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 and then this weird <laughs> bilberryness starts to show up and manifest, and then every sip after that, it just gets compounded, and so that sort of like ale flavor is is just constantly mixing with more and more of this this berry uh, flavor, and um, yeah, I I just I will say, and this is gonna sound just total douchebaggery but we all know this like drinking it at the source is much different than having it bottled and sent across the ocean um and so i i would say um the uh the tap uh for an einstein it's it's just a little it pops a little bit more it's a little bit more fruity um but this this is pretty tasty i'm, I'm for this beer i like it quite a bit thanks for putting it in my mailbox um absolutely is I, I really am digging the dryness, the crispness, and, and it's a solid five uh, percent. You know, and the lack of of hops. Yeah, it feels like there's none. Yeah, right? there's not even a hint, which is go fuck off, you know. <laughs> I wonder, do you? Th- I mean, hops have to like fuck off, yeah. Grow there though, right? But like, what would they be? You know, sort of like. They wouldn't be California fucking sativa hops. I don't, They'd be do hops like, grow there? I, I don't know, but... Um, that's a really good Maybe they just yeah, import question, them, you know? Yeah, they probably import the dry guys. Yeah. I mean, they figure they already got the ancient water. For Christ's sake, they can import That's all you hops. need. That's <laughs> yeah. all you need, that ancient water. Have you guys ever seen a glacier mm-hmm. up close? Mm, just, a, just that photograph that every... English teacher had in classroom. <laughs> are there? It moved so slow. Are there any, are there any left? Yeah, up in uh, near the in the Pacific Northwest, yeah. up and that that rainforest there near Forks. There's actually a glacial fed sort of river that comes down. It's this fucking wild, white, blue, greeny color. It's fucking thirty three degrees in the sun. Oh right, it's like the word like, glacier. By the way, is also wonderful to say. Yes, it is. I probably would have just said glacier had you not said it right the first time. So I, appreciate that. <laughs> I absolutely said glacier. That's that yunker in yeah, you. Well, there you go. So. <laughs> Eric, uh, what do you think of this this Arctic berry? Gl- glacier sounds to me like you're describing something as slightly more like a glace. Yeah, yeah, glacier. <laughs> glacier. Um, I I like it quite a bit. Um, I'm glad that we're that we're that we're ringing in uh, the 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 warm weather of the summer when it's. 2.7 degrees outside um but i also think and i understand like the thematic connections between all three elements of the of the podcast today that's because you're, you're smart it's true you're you're not wrong um but for me this the, the pairing of this with the record is is completely wrong um, yes, it is. because this is this is totally drinkable and in some ways you might even call it although it's flavorful and delightful um you might even call it a regular ass beer and hey, and, and the the record was not regular ass in any way. Oh, well, it's definitely ass. It's just not, <laughs> not 
but it was not it, it, it i don't know i i had the, the record required a lot more work from me than i was willing to put into it mm-hmm. and um and and the beer is is lending itself to me and and i, I think it's very good oh, yeah. nice yeah 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 i i i totally um yeah, you know, I'm not, all, I'm not all, I'm not all back yet. I'm not all there. I'm just, you know, I went a little literal. I, I didn't go as deep. Yeah. You're, you got your faculties, man. You're, you're, you're firing on all cylinders. You know what? I appreciate you, Nick, because everything about me is surface level. So like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm riding that just literal. Just what you see is what you get. It's like, what it's am I gonna put the show place. together? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. These guys didn't get, um, you know. Ravaged or burned, I guess. This is the result. I get crushed. I get crushed by my family. You guys know the game Apples to Apples. Oh yeah. I get crushed by my family because they claim that I'm I'm super literal, and I get smoked because they won't pick my card because they fucking know it's my card. Because if the like, like if the red card says like bouncy and I have a card that says trampoline, I'm gonna throw it because that's what makes sense. No, you gotta you gotta start throwing some crazy shit. No, yeah. I listen. The game demands like to be Bill played Barry, a certain you gotta way. You got to use alliteration and stuff sometimes. You know, bouncy if Bill Barry. I'm taking that win. every time. <laughs> I want what I want is to respect the game and live with people who also respect the game. Because uh, you like you like baseball. You're a you're a purist. It's all about. I like Mickey about. Morandini. <laughs> <laughs> then you're a purist because that is a fundamental dude. <laughs> He did have a seat. He was. And like I said, I am all fundamentals. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I really can't say enough good things about this. I can't say enough good things about um, Iceland, too. I think there was a time where I think it was like um, there was a trend to go to Iceland. And unfortunately, I think the, the consequence of that is that, like, when you get into Reykjavik, there's like a whole street <laughs> that's like their main drag that's like god like like a block for each visiting country mm-hmm. it's a little bit gross um but the u.s block do, just has a mcdonald's and a walgreens kind of and they <laughs> but they do have uh a um a uh big lebowski bar and they serve 12 different kinds of white russians That's great. and everything is big lebowski themed which yeah. i just wanted to stay there the whole time how, how but, can you have 12 different I, white russians it's oh there's dude, an ingredient there's various flavors baby various flavors it was so worth it. I had them all. <laughs> I used to be obsessed with right Russians, and I definitely had them all. And Joe was like, you sure about this? I was like, absolutely. And, Are you um, feeling okay? I've had something I, to drink. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> I mean, give me more. And um, But what I did find, and this is uh, for, for dear listener who stayed this long, this is, this is your reward, right? This is, this, is, this is the key, all right? Think of an old Zelda game. This is that key. That Here you go. <laughs> If you go to Reykjavik, go to the port. There is a unassuming old sort of barn-looking shanty called Lobster and Stuff. If you go in there, you will receive a menu that is an old 7-inch vinyl record sleeve. And all of the menus are vinyl record sleeves. The reason for this is because that barn used to be a practice space. For whom? For the sugar cubes. York's first band and I knew this only because I got a sugar cube seven inch as my menu and I went ah sugar cubes are fucking awesome and the waitress goes you know the sugar cubes I was like I fucking love the sugar cubes motor crash delicious demon incredible 
She goes, this is where they used to play. This is their practice space. This is where they recorded. So, and I went, oh, my Lord. You went with. And then it was just an explosion. You went with. I couldn't <laughs> handle it. You went with Fever I, Ray I over Bjork is what I'm hearing. Yeah. You know. All right. You know, because I'm on the I, surface, dude. I'm on the surface. They they both came out in 2009. Psh, done. <laughs> I'm I'm on I'm skimming the surface, baby. I'm a skimboard, some and skipping sometimes along. you can't stay on. I'm skipping along. I really, dude. I was obsessed with if I had a heart for a really long time. Uh, I really was, but you know, I know the whole album's not um, not it doesn't hold up to that. Which is the opposite. Here we go. We can get a little deeper. Which is the opposite of everything ravaged, everything burned, right? If I had a heart, fantastic song is kind of the standout of the whole album. Everything Ravage, Everything Burn is in another realm entirely, but the entire uh, collection is fantastic. All right. I like that. I will say that uh, uh, Liz and I were going to go to Iceland and Scotland for a trip, and then COVID happened, and, oh, look, it's two years later. And now you're going to have a baby? Yeah, that's what enough time cooped up together will do. (laughs) (laughs) Sex. I'm so proud of you for having sex, though. <laughs> it was just that one time, too. It was, it was really just nice. Did it. I was trying forever, and this guy, just one pop, he's good. Fucking Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, my my uh, closing thought on the beer is it's it's delicious. A delicious demon, if you will. If you haven't heard that, check out the Sugar Cubes for sure. Um, I really, I as I've gotten older, I've really gotten into the... Um, Nordic countries and Scandinavian states. I loved Refused as a young person, but that was the extent of my knowledge. And now excellent, I'm really, excellent choice. Really digging it. I actually was listening to The Shape of Punk to Come all week because I'm uh, trying to learn the deadly rhythm again. And it's much harder than I thought it was. <laughs> I used to be able to play it, and, and now I, I can't. Uh, so in any case, that's my closing thought, um, is all these things, I think, uh, God. I'll I'm go just, next. I'm, just, I'm into it. Uh, it's a delicious beer. As it's warming up a little bit, it is really nice. The berryness of it. Um, I love that it's kind of tart and sour, but then it almost gets, in a pleasing way, um, like skunky or funky, just a mm. little bit. There is a little funk well, in there. Like a good IPA will do to yeah, you. Yeah, in the back of the and like it's it's in the back of the tongue, you know. But not footy. There's no foot yeah. here. I listen. If an IPA ain't footy, I don't want to drink yeah. it. Yeah, that's my final thought on the beer. <laughs> Gregorio. Oh, uh, hi. hi. Uh, what did you drink, buddy? What did you drink? I drank uh, Queen of Prussia by uh, Workhorse. Oh, that's which cool. Is, which is their? Um, it's a session based on their new. You England. like Workhorse Brewery? No, I don't like them at all. I don't have a sweatshirt on it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus I haven't written 14 stories in their premise. Well, listen. Um, they, hey, they make a hell of a beer. If you're in the Philadelphia area, Workhorse, go. If you're in the um, Philadelphia area, you can't go to Workhorse because they're far outside the beaches of the city. <laughs> that's true. They're in King of Prussia. It's like 40 minutes away. On 76, so it's way farther than that, or it's going to feel like it anyway. Um <laughs> no, this this is a really nice session IPA, very light, um, very light on the uh, the fruity notes, very light on the hops, still dry, still nice. Very yeah, nice. I haven't seen that one, but I do love their New England. Oh, their New England will knock, man, that knocks my socks off every time. That's a good amount of hop. That's the right kind of oh, hop. Oh, yeah. And and you know what? It's a, it doesn't blow you up with anything. It's a regular beer 
made really, really well. Done well, yeah. Absolutely. All right, people with beards talk about uh, IPAs. Awesome. Hey, Eric, what are your final thoughts? <laughs> you know what? Fuck you, man. I had to live in a concrete box. That's what this is from. <laughs> He's still going. He's still going. Uh, I enjoyed it. I have no, I have no further uh, wisdom to add. Um, I enjoy it, and uh, I got some furniture from Ikea waiting to be put together. Nice. Son of With a that, bitch. I'm going to introduce a rating system. I give everything Make ravaged and everything burned. Uh, nine out of nine burned and bursted bellies of your fallen brethren full of mutton. Nice. That's in the chat here, folks. I put that in the chat in the old Zoom. Um, I give the album uh, one out of nine burned and bursted bellies <laughs> of your fallen brethren full of mutton. And I give this beer seven out of nine burned and bursted bellies of your fallen brethren full of mutton. Well done. I will go next to make it quick because I have been talking for quite some time because I have been without human contact for quite some time. Uh, Tell me about it. <laughs> You have no idea what's about to happen. <laughs> We're never going to so see Gregorio again. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Um, I give, I agree, Everything Ravaged, Everything Burned by Wells Tower, a nine out of nine burned and bursted bellies of your fall, fallen brethren full of mutton. Um, I, of course, like Fever Ray, Fever Ray quite a bit more. I would give that a five and a half out of nine burned and bursted bellies of your fallen brethren full of mutton. And I also, I would give the Einstock Murdoch Berry a, I think I'm more of a 7.58. I'm in that realm. Ooh, I can't pick. It's like a 7.6. It's uh, rounded up to a 7.6. 7.6 out of nine burned and bursted bellies of your fallen brethren full of mutton. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, go ahead. All right. I am going to give Everything Ravaged, Everything Burned a 9 out of 9. Burned and bursted bellies of your fallen brethren full of mutton. Uh, I'm going to throw the record a little bit of a bone here, and I'm going to give it a a 2.5. Burned and bursted bellies of your fallen brethren full of mutton because when I first listened to it, I was grilling for the family, and I thought my grill broke. And I got super pissed, and so I associated it negatively with that event. And so I feel like I maybe judged it too harshly. And I will give the beer 7.5 burned and bursted bellies of your fallen brethren full of mutton. And I also have not yet taken the opportunity to formally congratulate Gregorio um, on the uh, impending child. I'm super happy for you guys, and congratulations. Thank you. We're like 36 hours out, so. I'm not nervous or scared. Nor should you be. Everything's going to be fine and totally wear normal. comfortable shoes, bro. <laughs> hey, man. I wear chucks in all occasions. Oh, God. Those are uncomfortable. <laughs> I, bro, I walk 10 miles in chucks. <laughs> as long as you got your inserts. Uh, wow. Oh, it's my turn, right? Oh, It is. Okay, I'm going to give... Um, I can't even fucking remember the name. Everything ravaged, (laughs) everything burned. (laughs) I'm going to give everything ravaged, everything burned. A nine out of nine burned and bursted bellies of your fallen brethren full of mutton. Oh, thank you, Nick. (laughs) 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 I'm going to give um, Sugar Ray um, a three and a half uh, burned and bursted bellies out of of your fallen brethren full of mutton. Um, (laughs) And I'm going to give... Workhorse's Queen of Prussia. 
<laughs> a nine out of nine. <laughs> uh, burned and bursted bellies of your fallen brother and full of mutton. Because if you're in the King of Prussia area, why don't you <laughs> head on out to workhorse? Listen, some <laughs> of you oh, might surprise. be... Surprise. <laughs> Nicely done. Some of you might be coming into town for AWP, and the only hotel you can get is a cheapie out in uh, King of Prussia. So you might... uh. Might be up that old workhorse. Hey. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully by then, you know, idea. the Omicron surge will be over and we'll be able to see each other. We'll be on to the next one. Yeah, you right. Can, uh, you can also get food and uh, sit outside at the old workhorse and stuff like that. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. I, I and, and if you do come for AYP and uh, AWP. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Average really progress, baby. Uh you um, you could always visit a foodery somewhere in the city to get an iron stock and enjoy this Arctic berry because I don't even think that they do it seasonally anymore. I've seen it year-round, baby. It's uh, pretty fantastic. Um, I thank you guys for indulging me. I think um, – this was this was a lot of a lot of Nick to handle. <laughs> it was a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of uh, getting together, so to speak, to get this thing happening. Yes, it was. This it was, was it was tough, and I thank Eric immensely uh, for coming in and 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 guesting with us. Uh, this was this thrilled was to be invited. I, I'm so glad um, that we got to chat about because I thought you would really like it. I'm glad you did. Yeah, I did. And uh, I'll be bringing in the book for you tomorrow, of course. So, um, I hope you enjoy the others. But, uh, gents, it's been it's been a blast. And Nick, why don't you uh, hit us with the the old socials, my friend? Yes, sir. Before we do that, I would like to formally apologize to the Holiday Inn Express Fort Washington staff for the state <laughs> of the room after my stay. <laughs> He's a quarantine father to be. Leave him alone. <laughs> um, anyway, All hey, you eat his cheese sticks. Come on. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Um, listening. Um, I don't know when I'll be back. These guys will probably be back before I will. But if you want to check us out, go to Facebook.com/slash Book Record Beer Podcast. We're on Twitter at Book Record Beer and on Instagram at Book Record Beer. We're everywhere you can listen to a podcast, you jerks. So just keep <laughs> listening and <laughs> um, we'll see you soon. Oh, yeah. See ya. <laughs> bye bye. So long.